0: You are now tuned in to the Midnight Genius Hour. Uncovering lost and hidden gems, whether it's discounted news stories, sounding off on new music, or gripping
1: tales waiting to be passionately discussed. Catch it all with the rest. What's up, world? Welcome to the Midnight Genius Hour. Hope you all are doing good out there. You're tuned in to the sixth episode of our second season. Man, time is flying. Uh, As always, you are here with your boy, Nick, and I am joined remotely by my partner in crime.
0: What's up, everybody? This is your man, Brian. Thank you to all our listeners. Got a great new episode, right, Nick?
1: Hell yeah, man. So just a little bit about this episode before we, you know, jump into it. Um, I had been thinking about, you know, wanting to do like a tech-themed episode for a minute. And um, obviously, since we are a kind of music-themed episode, I was trying to figure a way to, to kind of incorporate that. And then I came across a kind of sad news story about the uh, inventor of the cassette tape, which for so many of us was such a big part of our musical lives growing up. Um, but yeah, we'll get into his, you know, passing. And again, it kind of sparked my interest in wanting to do a show about the technology and how we consume music and our history with it. Uh, right, Brian? We've, we've seen uh, a lot of different uh, mediums that we have consumed music with in our lifetime. Am I correct?
0: Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of doing uh, research on this episode. there's a lot of vivid memories on all the different mediums and like you mentioned, we're music lovers so we're gonna be finding any possible way to take it all in. So yeah before
1: we get into that um, just kind of want to give you a little rundown of what you're going to be uh, listening to. Uh, we want to let you know uh, to get more information about this podcast uh, you can follow us at um, our Twitter. Which is at Midnight Genius One, which is just the number one. So at Midnight Genius and the number one. So check it out there. You can find our um, our blog where we, as Brian says, flesh out episodes. Um, you can hear you know other content, and um, yeah, stay attuned to uh, MGH um, product throughout the fucking year So again thank you for listening man um i know you come to the mgh podcast to hear new music that's one thing we're fucking consistent about and we plan to stay consistent about because you know we love staying attuned to the new stuff brian talk to the people man what you got for us this week
0: let's get right into it with the band from the uk their fourth album and this is Django Django, new album Glowing in the dark. Really love the instrumentals on the album musically. It has these uh, hints of a phoenix, but it, it sneaks up on you after repeated listens. This song here is called Hold Fast. Let's check that out.
1: To get into some new music uh, it's actually uh, an artist I've featured before I think in the previous season of the MGH podcast uh, Mr. Givion um, a sultry baritone vocalist out of LA R&B singer uh, he basically took his two EPs that he's put out um, combined them into a full length so you know it's nothing super new Um, it's entitled, When It's All Said and Done, Ellipses Take Time, which is literally the names of his two previous EPs. Um, however, when he did finally put them two together to make a full length, uh, he did add one extra song, and I don't know, it's something interesting that I feel he didn't show off in his previous, um, EPs. Um, super playful, um... Melodically at least speaking The track I want to fucking talk about um, The new one that he put in his full length All to Meme So let's check out Mr. Givion uh, With the track All to Meme
2: Good. Wait If this what you want Baby okay. okay Yeah He don't say Say what you want And now it's too late because your bridal right side let you up, lay you down It's just us, he lost your touch, all to me, all to me Oh he still don't make you feel beautiful, I know but I do Just know I got you, he still don't even give you enough It's true in my room, I ain't Stop you. Oh, he still don't make you feel beautiful I know, but I do, just know I got you He still don't even give you enough It's true, in my room, I ain't gonna stop you. Wait, if this what you want, baby, okay He give you his all, but you have no patience You made the call, so I ain't complaining Back on your way, wait Oh, you can't do it anymore I understand just why he went wrong, so I got your hands where they don't belong. I do what he can't, so now you're by my side. That's not brush Lay you down, it's just us. He lost your touch, all to me, all to me. Oh, he still don't make you feel beautiful. I know, but I do. Just know I got you. Still don't even get you enough is true in my room, I ain't gonna stop you. Oh, he still don't make you feel beautiful, I know, but I do just know I got you. He still don't even get you enough is true in my room, I ain't gonna
1: stop you. Alright, y'all, so that was Give on with the track All To Me. Um again, thank you for tuning in to the MGH uh podcast. We are now going to jump into uh, the meat of the episode, man. And I want to talk about tech and how it relates to um, our relationship with consuming music. And like I said earlier at the top, um, you know, the one thing that kind of set me off was, you know, hearing a news article about how uh, the inventor of the cassette tape um, had just passed away. Um, come to find out, the man's name is Lou Ottens. He's actually uh, Dutch, so he's from the Netherlands. Um, and he works with Philips, which I looked into his like bio, and he uh, came on to Philips in, I want to say, the mid to late 50s, and then kind of become the head of their um, product development in the 60s. He had basically been tasked with, making the tape system that, you know, the old tape systems with the huge reels that are like literally a, um, a foot wide and these huge um, mechanisms that have to read them that have to sit on top of a desk. He was tasked with taking that and putting it in a pocket. And um, like so many greats, he said, I wanted to put a block in my pocket that I wanted to work off to, to create some sort of device Um, that replaced these old cassette recorders and, um, you know, essentially became the modern Walkman and it was, you know, it was from his creation of the cassette tape and, um, yeah, so that sparked me off on, you know, this whole idea of, like, how we consume music. Brian, talk to me. What What do you remember on how you started listening to music? Was it on the radio? Was it on cassettes? You know, what was it?
0: I definitely remember cassettes. I remember the radio, but I remember always wanting to make little mix cassettes of songs that I like so that I could just play the cassette over and over and over. What about you? Uh,
1: You know, same thing for me. Um, It kind of, my, my, my interest in music kind of sparked around the same time that, like, these... Mediums were like interchangeable. Like radio was so, um, you know important and popular uh, for me in the early 90s. And then of course cassettes, they were like 799, you know, six bucks sometimes. Um, you know, for sure, with my small allowance, my parents would would hook it up with a cassette or two. And uh, you know it's funny thinking about going like to an actual store looking at inventory when when we're speaking about music and seeing if they had said cassette and Then actually going to the register and taking that hard copy out the store man like what a What a strange thing to remember when it comes to uh, the way we consume music as opposed to the way we do now it's like at our fingertips
0: I Remember uh, th- that's interesting you remember that because i don't remember buying m- any cassettes really growing up i remember my dad had a lot of cassettes but if anything i would just get a blank cassette and make mixtapes and-, and just find songs off the radio off power 102 like back then ace of bass and remember that uh, uh that shaggy song mr boom bastic Oh my god yeah, Just just making a tape and, and just playing that And then to be in the backyard playing basketball It wasn't until Around the mid-90s I got into CDs That's when I actually started purchasing Medium And that was CDs
1: yeah, so I did both, man. I, I my parents, um, you know, were able to, you know, give me a small allowance, and if I, you know, behaved well, oh, okay, you yeah. know, we would be able to, like, hey, go to the store and be like, hey, mom, give me this cassette or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's for sure. And then at some point, um, probably after you, because you seem to have figured this out quicker than me, because your dad had so many cassettes lying around. My parents didn't, you know, oh, okay. I was the one consuming cassettes, you know, they really yeah. weren't. You know, they were they were fine just listening to the radio. Um, but you could break off that little protective thing on the top of the cassette and boom, you're ready to push record on anything on the radio, just like you did. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I remember that my dad had cases and I think they were made out of his uh his boots There were just boxes of his old boots, and he would have cassettes. And he had records, too, but I think back then the needle was broken, and he even had eight tracks. But we had, like, one of those old-school sound systems where it's a tower, and it has a thing, like, in the middle with knobs, and then it's got a CD player, and then two tape decks, and then two big speakers on each side. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Those are so classic, man. So many people had those. So and classic. there's been so many varieties of, like, like, kind of at-home system that have been sold, you know? Yeah. Um, but, no, the cassette tape, for sure, uh, beyond any means, is one of the most uh, popular things that people our age, I think, remember when it comes to, like, their early days consuming music. And like you said, it's the ability to to make to make mixes and to do your own thing.
0: Now the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art, many do's and don'ts. First of all, you're using someone else's poetry to express how you feel. This is a delicate thing.
1: So for this one, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. When is this gonna stop? Well, obviously you said Mr. Boombastic, but was there any particular time you remember sitting by the radio, ready to push record?
0: (laughs) Man, off the top of my head, I am picturing that that one song, uh, Come on, ride the train. And ride it, and
3: ride
0: it. <laughs> I guess it's like I think that main,
1: CNC music factory.
0: The the main bangers, you know, the ones that you wanted to have that were gonna give you a a good boost. I mean, <laughs> and the, I swear I would just get a bucket and put it in the backyard and then I would just shoot hoops and just shoot that, try to make that. And then I had my little stereo right next to me. What about you? What was something you wanted to play, record on? Oh man, Gangsters Paradise, dude. Coolio.
1: Ooh. I remember being in um, sixth grade. S- Stevie Wonder sample. There you go. Um, and it was funny, man. I went out to um, my mom was an art teacher and she worked in Clint, and so her her uh, position was out in East Montana. So we we're talking out there by red sands, and dude, a lot of poor kids, a lot of a lot of gang activity. And Gangster's Paradise came on in our 6th grade dance, bro. And all the little chorillos were throwing up their gang signs. And, woo, boy, I was like, you guys are not. Even as a kid in 6th grade, I was like, you guys aren't getting what this song's about, bro. (laughs) Okay, so, um, you talk about, um, CDs and actually buying CDs. That was like
0: the real medium you, oh, you really yeah. first got into. Yeah, let me tell you a story about that. I got I got my first Walkman sometime I want to say maybe in middle school, but I started getting into CDs before that when I was like maybe like around ten years old because I was hanging around with my cousin Leo a lot. And he was kind of the one that introduced me to listening to different kinds of music and listening to it loud. And he was the one that showed me about Columbia House and BMG. Do you remember any of those? <laughs> this weekend, get a whole music library for a penny. How? By joining the Columbia Record and Tape Club. Choose 11 hit records or tapes for just one cent. Big hits like George Michael, Michael Jackson, Randy Travis, Midnight Oil, In Excess, Paula Oates, Robert Flint, Terrence Trent Darby, and hundreds more. Plus, the chance to get two more free or take four compact discs for a penny. Look for this ad in this weekend's newspapers, magazines, TV guides your mailbox 11
1: albums or four cds that's a sound investment for a penny oh my motherfucking <laughs> god that is fucking hilarious that you bring that up because it is exactly the conversation i had with katie i was like where did you get your first cd and she was like i didn't get it anywhere i'm like well, what do you mean and she was like, "I got it through that fucking twelve CDs for a penny deal." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I forgot what the name was, and I was like, "Fucking trying to figure it out." And of course, well,
0: it's because there was several. Research ones. department was there. There's a, there, there was a Columbia house, but there was also one that was called BMG, and they they would even tag up your CD. Like if you opened up your CD, it had the serial number of the album that they had it, like the serial number to their catalog. But that's how I got my first CDs through Columbia, uh, Columbia House. Yeah, dude. It was that's good crazy. Deal. Um,
1: Yeah. So it's like so interesting that like for so many people, this this whole like um, mail to you gimmick like was their first, you know, introduction to. It worked. The you next, could cancel the it the whenever next medium you wanted of of, uh, music,
0: you could cash in on the special and just cancel right away. What about you? What was your first one? So for me, um, I'll go with tape. I'll go with tape because
1: there's this whole special spot in my in my heart for tape, and I remember going to a Sam Goody, specifically in Las Cruces Mall, and uh, for some reason, I can't explain to you why I was into this artist, but um, he was popular at the time for sure, but in no in no means a pop artist. Um, but Mr. Eric Clapton, the first tape that I remember buying at like nine years old, maybe eight and a half, because I think it came out in like 93, 92. Um, Eric Clapton, Unplugged. Uh, the track I'm going to talk about off this album, which I think is uh, appropriate, um, seeing that I'm a, a basically a child at this point listening to um, blues music, which is highly introspective, um, but I got to talk about the the, mil- <laughs> the milk, the the song Malted Milk. So uh, let's listen to Mr. Eric Clapton off of the first tape I purchased, Unplugged, Malted Milk.
3: I keep drinking malted milk, trying to drive my blues away. I keep drinking malted milk, trying to drive my blues away. Baby, you're just as welcome to my loving as the
2: flowers is in me. Malted milk.
3: Keep rushing to my head Malted mill, malted mill Keep rushing to my head And I have a funny, funny feeling And I'm
1: talking all out Alright man, so there I am. You know, young kid listening to Eric Clapton drink away the blues with some malted milk. And uh, I had no idea what the blues really were at nine. But uh, I think I do now at uh, 37. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk to me, Brian. So uh, you said you weren't as much purchasing tapes, but CDs <laughs> through uh, uh, Columbia BMG finally got you into CDs. Um what, what's a CD you got into?
0: Yeah, CDs, you know, we we had to find a way to convince our parents. That's that's the way, you know, that's the way we got stuff back then. We had to find a way to convince. Yeah, we them didn't have a no job. How it benefited them, and so I think that. Well, yeah, I would I would hang out with my cousin Leo, and he was he would lend me albums, and I would get, listen to them, and then give them back to him. That kind of got me into my first idea of new music. And how it felt to hear fresh music, never before heard music for the first time, and wow, I don't know, yeah. it made me feel good, you know. Now that I think about it, looking back, it's like those were the first moments of wow, this is completely new, and oh man, it's crazy. I it sucks that it's I like have a to little give high. It. It's it's yeah, it sucks that I have to give it back tomorrow, but it's 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 badass. So I remember, we, like, I just convinced my mom and my sister and my dad to split an order. You know, we'll each get a few albums and. One of the albums I got was Jaggy Little Pill," Alanis Morris. You know what? Do you, what do you know about this album, Nick?
1: Oh man, that was a super popular album. Everybody was into it. Um, she just she kind of took, I think, that whole grunge scene that Nirvana and the Pacific uh, Northwest garage scene kind of created and. And she kind of put it into her own, like, singer-songwriter um, head and, and spit out, like, this really fucking dope album. And, of course, man, that, that, that
0: lead single. Woo! I still remember the videos to all those songs. And I remember listening to the song and, and just tripping out on the lyrics and wondering, like, man, it must be hard to be old if this is all the different shit you got to deal with. So let's check that out. The song I'm going with is Ironic by Miss Alanis Morrison.
1: Classic.
2: An old man turned 98. He won the lottery
3: and died the next day. It's a black
2: fly in your chardonnay. It's a death row pardon. Minutes too late And isn't
3: it ironic
1: Uh, yeah i w- i gotta say um Alanis morissette was one of the biggest artists you know when i was young and like started really getting into music so that's a fucking prime ass choice um let's go into some new music as always let's fucking show off the new guard talk to him brian what you got
0: uh like you said the midnight genius hour is where you come for new music there is a band from Australia that has put out countless albums. I think this is their seventeenth, and this is Keen Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. They came out with an album last year, just titled KG. They have a new one called LW. What you know about these cats, Nick?
1: Yeah, man. I um I got turned on to them by some of my stoner buddies, to be honest. Um. Dude, they're funky. They're dope. Uh, Sometimes they get a little too rock for me. But uh, I like the fact that they have this jam-bam. Jam-bam? Jam-band vibe to them, you know? They're going to have, you know, um, tracks that are at least eight-plus minutes sometimes. And I like that about a band sometimes.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head. They're definitely got that psychedelic style. But they're catchy as fuck. And this song that I chose from their new album is called One, and that one is basically a challenge on how we as humans destroy everything in our sight, especially our environment. So I just thought it was fitting and it rocks hard, so let's check that out. One by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard.
1: So going into the last meaty part of our technology themes episode here. Um, you know, we're going to talk about where, you know, the technology and music is, is going. So we left off with Brian talking about CDs. We know there's been huge advances from CDs. Um, you know, at this point, everybody has every song almost at the fingertip when it comes to the ability to have a streaming service on their device, you know? Um, But there's definitely emerging stuff going on. Brian, talk to me. I mean, is there anything other than your traditional streaming service that you're, you know, you know, purchasing music and, and buying mediums other than a digital format?
0: Well, I think that one thing that we definitely have to mention is that after we got into CDs, we kind of went backwards and we got into vinyl. We got into records. I remember getting my uh, first uh, record player summer that I turned 17 and I have maybe about over 500 records now. Lately, through the past few years, it's, it's becoming more and more fleeting, but I definitely find myself buying, I'll buy myself a record before I'll buy myself a CD any day now. I Basically, the CD is obsolete for me now, and I hardly ever listen to it. What about you?
1: You know, my mom actually had um, a fairly decent collection of vinyl that she inherited from, you know, herself and her mother. And I inherited that, and that kind of set me off on this whole thing, like, whoa, like, music can be so beautiful um, with a, a full 12-inch record. And, and, you know, the beauty of having that, you know, sit in your house, It to me, at least talking about records kind of signals the, the change from a physical property of, of music to like the completely you know devoid of a physical identity that that is an mp3 or a you know a streaming service you know you don't you don't really you can't hold when you stream a song.' it's, it's, it's a trippy fucking situation that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I never had that connection to MP three. I don't. I never really got into that until just recently. But with the records, I used to love going to record stores. Back when all that music was on Litrovino, I used to work at a call center right by there, and I had an hour lunch, and I would devote at least one one lunch hour a week. To just go into the record store and browse around for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and just go back. And because I would take care of them, I would walk back into the call center with my records. And people would look at me like I was a weirdo. And that seems ancient now because I haven't done that in more than a year. Everything now is just uh, Spotify for me. And the only reason why is because I'm a fucking... Classic person that I listen to albums and so that's the only place where I can get albums. What about you? Uh, you know, you're you're bringing
1: up some memories that we obviously haven't gotten into but yeah for sure I remember um once the whole technological boom started and uh, Music was no longer uh, an analog, you know it became digital so you could put it on all types of different devices and one of my big memories is going to um, Barnes and Noble and also FYE music in the mall. And we go to Barnes and Noble for, you know, a couple of hours and I'd go check out some magazines, but for the most of the time I'd be in the music section just listening to all their headsets that had like, you know, some sort of digital little I don't know, CD player or MP3 player that had like 300 songs on it. And you could just scroll through it and find different genres and different new releases. And, bro, I would sit there for fucking at least an hour sometimes just going through it. And, you know, I didn't have a pen and paper, but I would just make these mental notes like, oh, this is good. This is good. I need to look up so-and-so. I need to look up so-and-so. And And then, of course, the same thing. I got a little bit older. um, And FYE at Cielo Vista, I had my own car at that point. And, you know, instead of going out and getting into trouble, I'd go into fucking the mall and spend an hour at FYE. And their catalog was even bigger. You ever remember sitting at stations at the mall and just fucking jamming out to music, no?
0: Yeah, now that you're bringing it up, I remember those listening stations and definitely listening to stuff. Especially when I was thinking of buying an album, I could almost play a few snippets of each song before I bought it.
1: If I'm not mistaken, you're right. Yeah, you could actually take up any CD to and a listening scan station, it. And scan it, yeah. and it would give like 10, 20 second um, previews of almost every song. That is such a fucking ancient memory, y'all.
0: Yeah, when I would. Uh when uh when i would go to all that music i would just look up the uh the the record and just try to see if there was a way i could find it i want a little listening station before i bought it but by then i had to have my research nowadays i mean uh, i'm being honest i haven't gone to a record store in more than a year i haven't so i just i just haven't gone so the only thing i do now is just spotify just stream all my albums and i think that sarah kind of felt sorry for my ass because i I, i i probably always mention that i don't buy any fucking records because i'm just living paycheck to paycheck so i don't have that urge to want to spend 40 60 bucks on an order online or something So she got me the Love is the Keen album as a a Valentine's gift. So I've been blasting that on vinyl.
1: So, one thing I want to talk about is
0: services that
1: were offered during this whole pandemic. And uh, unfortunately, we are coming across the um, the year anniversary of this goddamn wretched pandemic. Um, but in those early times, you know, so many artists were offering, you know, concerts and intimate performances and whatnot. And one of those... Artists who I'm a huge fan of was Miss Erica Badu. And uh, for sure, she completely was a pioneer, I think, in one of the early days of this whole idea of like giving um, viewers the ability to have like an intimate performance by an artist that you pay for, like pay per view type situation. And it was cheap. Her first show was a dollar. Um, her second show was two dollars, and I watched those first two. Um, however, the third show I, I, I didn't get a chance to see, but each show got better and better, and the third show was this huge production. Um, so for sure, I want to talk about Off of uh, Miss Badu's quarantine series Out My Mind, Just in Time. And she shouts out all the people in the industry and is like, hey, we can do this without the uh, record companies.
3: Tonight, I did this for all the artists with platforms so that you can see it's possible to erase the imaginary line between the label or the industry and your fans see what happens when they all show up for us. I just wanted you all to see that. And thank you.
2: who's this guy
3: you're so wise i'm so gone by summer time you had it all did you build a wall? Oh, I'm out of my mind Just in time In time. Oh,
1: oh, I, All right, man, let's get into our third um, movement of new music. I'm going to go first. Um, this new artist I want to talk about goes with the name Chris Crack um, from Chi-Town, Chicago, Illinois. Um, he's actually signed to... Eight tracks label, Fool's Gold. Uh, the track I want to talk about tonight is uh, "Grove Privately." Um, it's kind of like this uh, late '80s, early '90s R&B sample, and it's like a complete juxta- juxtaposition of um, you know his kind of aggressive uh, raps. So let's check it out, man, Mr. Uh, Chris Crack.
3: Um, Make it, uh. Don't even dare quit your day shift, uh, I don't fuck, bitches that be basic, uh, don't give me look, don't say shit, uh, You only live once, like a player, uh, big money team, no play shit, uh, use the right raps on my grave shift, uh, wanna get the bag, be patient. uh, I don't even know who did it, Don't with the smoke, I'm sure it's two titties, stacking them folks so I'm knowing who with me, yeah, I'm trying to be rude, but we know who isn't, call me after nine, I ain't free on the minutes, finna cut you out, ain't done, I ain't finished, I'ma keep minding my business, yeah, I'ma keep on winning, keep on spinning, I ain't finna lend shit, let me just tell you about the I'm I'ma look back on the drinks y'all spilling Got a little gift, she was geeked out with it See some feeling, now we in the sheets to increase our if he kill it, I ain't even know you was creeped out silly You should probably come to the beach house with me Let me know if you with it She just wanna fuck me, she pulling my pants Don't get it started I was on shoes with the acid and she was just over the molly Don't take you for granted, look baby I'm sensitive cause I'm an artist You know that I stuck my shit right in the pond
1: Mr. Chris Crack with uh, Grow Privately um, Brian, tell the people What's your third pick for new music this week?
0: I got a music choice here That may not sound like new music but definitely just came out. It's a collaboration between two artists, Jimbo Mathis, Andrew Bird. Both been making music separately for a long time, and they made an album just uh, succinctly titled These 13. It it sounds like old-time 1930s, 40s folk music. That's What they're going for, they combine their voices. Obviously, Andrew Bird plays a lot of instruments, there's some whistling on it. And uh, the album is uh, closes with a song called Three White Horses and a Golden Chain. It sounds sad, sounds solemn, but in a way, kind of uplifting. Let's check that out
1: Three White Horses. In a
3: line There'll be three white horses In a line There'll be three white horses When you're going that way You're gonna need somebody When you come to die Don't dismiss it like it's easy Tell me what's so easy About coming to say goodbye
2: You're gonna miss her in the evening You know we'll
3: all be needing Somebody when you come to die
1: Alright guys, before we let you go, we have to talk about March Madness, man. Last year, unfortunately, we were robbed of a tournament, I think the first time in like something like 50 years or something, Um, but either way, it's a new year, Um, we're able to fucking get some sort of semblance of a tournament, no matter how crazy this college basketball year has been, Um, Brian has put together a bet on this year's bracket. Talk to us, Brown. What's it all about?
0: Well, you know that one of our many passions here, the M Midnight Genius Hour, is sports. We love talking our sports. Our latest bet saw Nick take a furious victory. Kudos to him. I found a, th- a place online where we can submit our bracket, and it's public, so we're going to post that. We'll post it on the Twitter and then of course on the blog so you can check it out. And me and Nick, we got our brackets filled. We're going to do honor system and not change this bracket after we finish recording. And let's talk about who we see in our final four. What you got, Nick?
1: geez so in my Final Four, I got Gonzaga on one side. Um, oh, I know I got the Illini. I saw them today, man, and they um. Man, where the fuck were they? They playing? barely won <laughs> against,
0: uh, or they they barely won against Ohio State, huh? Ohio State, yes, it was a battle. And
1: I also got Ohio State going further than most people might project but uh, the Illini looks strong I mean again in a pandemic a pandemic, a pandemic year yeah you know they put up a, a, a valiant you know what's what's the word a seasoned team effort to hold off yeah you know the Buckeyes today. So I think that type of maturity um, is gonna help them go deep into the tournament well at least in the final four. Um, so I got Gonzaga, the Illini. What else did I pick? I forgot.
0: I think that's one of the big storylines is the Big Ten teams. Because this, this, college, this college season was so different because a lot of these, uh, well, for the majority of them, they didn't have a lot of out-of-conference games. So they just beat up on each other. So you have the really good conferences, which are the Big Ten and the Big 12, and I think both of those are going to be represented.
1: Okay, so I finally found out my uh, Final Four, and it's a lot of what I talked about.
0: Ohio State
1: and uh, the Illini, one and two, they're going to meet up in the what the Eastern Regional. Um, and then on the other side, Gonzaga and Michigan, and I got Gonzaga again meeting the Illini and to be specific I got Gonzaga winning 68 to 59 against the Illini
0: wow man who do you got talk to me about your final four I'm thinking about making some changes here. I don't know. It's just no. What the fuck is your too, problem?
1: You can't change. We, <laughs> that's the whole point, cheater.
2: Well, it's just that, we're looking for an internal investigation already.
0: <laughs> it's it's just too similar. Uh, like right off the bat, we got three out of the same final four. I got Gonzaga, Michigan, I got Ohio State, and I got actually West Virginia taking out the Illini. Wow. Uh, in my opinion. Maybe. In my opinion, I think they I think they gave Michigan the easiest bracket. Like they gave them the the easiest uh, you know way way to get out. And I think that the toughest bracket is because they're the is, weakest
1: team, so it makes sense.
0: But then, but then they gave uh, oh, I guess that does make sense. Yeah, they gave Illinois the toughest bracket because they got to get through West Virginia. If West Virginia, I mean, I think West Virginia is going to face off against them because they're strong. And they got Houston, and they got Oklahoma State. But I do think that Ohio State will make it there, and they'll beat West Virginia, and they'll play Michigan. I think Michigan will beat Gonzaga. And I got in the final Michigan-Ohio State rivalry game. West
1: Virginia in that that Elite Eight game.
0: I got West Virginia. So who do you got West Virginia losing to?
1: The Illini in the Elite Eight.
0: Yeah, exactly. I got West Virginia and, and Illinois in the lead eight, and I got West Virginia beating them because I feel that West Virginia is so battle tested. I saw them play Baylor a couple of weeks ago, and they took them to overtime. They come from a crazy hard conference. Bobby Huggins says. All
1: right, so we've 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 talked enough about the tournament. I
0: think oh yeah, well, just one more detail on that. We're gonna Go do. Again. Yeah, we're like, this is going to be public, so I mean, I guess after we post, after the deadline, it'll be available. But we're going to have two brackets. We'll post our brackets for this episode, and then we can always do another one before the tournament. So make sure to check that out, and let's see if we can finally win a bet for Brian.
1: All right, shake on it. We're virtually going to shake. You have to say shake on three. One, two, three. Shake. Shake. All right, man. All right, y'all. Again, thank you for tuning in to all our listeners, man. If you made it this far, again, you are a badass. We love you. Um, We want to have some dope episodes in the future. Brian.
0: Take it it easy, everyone. We still got a chance. There's a slight glimmer of hope. Love y'all. Take it easy.
1: Lighter than the tone of growing. Peace. 4.7
2: 4.7 seconds. Villanova. Oh, Time to go length of the court with Archie Diakano. Three
0: seconds at midcourt. Oh, Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. The
3: national champions with Jenkins like the winner at the buzzer. Yeah, look at the Jenkins.